0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Balance Bond podcast, Soul on Fire. Oh my gosh, I wish you could see the struggle that just that just took place with all of my equipment. I have two different audio interfaces for this podcast, and the larger one which has two microphones that we used this morning with our guests today, Lauren and Michael Bostic. Get excited, they're amazing. We'll get more to that in a second. So it was working just fine. That was my larger interface. It was totally good during the Lauren and Michael interview. I did some tests before they got here. Thank God it captured our whole entire conversation or else I would flip out. Because after Lauren and Michael left, because they had somewhere to go, and I'll be going to their podcast studio this afternoon to interview for their podcast, which is really exciting as well. Christina and I picked up where we left off with Lauren and Michael and started talking about all the same type of stuff. Branding a business, blogging, being authentic in the blogging world, starting a podcast, working with brands, making changes so as not to remain stagnant. And I was about to send everything over to Cody, my audio engineer podcast master. And I noticed that Christina and I, the whole conversation we had was just one loud beeping noise, basically, because somehow my microphone had disconnected itself from the audio interface or something like that. So immediately, I freak out. I go back to listen to the Lauren and Michael conversation. Luckily, everything was fine. It was captured. Something happened with the equipment. Just crazy. Podcasting is nuts. It's so funny. People ask me, How did you learn to podcast? Or a lot of people send me questions about starting a podcast and how can they start? How did I start? Etc. And honestly, I would say there is no one-size-fits-all answer to that question. I think you have to find what works for you. I know that some people like to podcast without any special equipment, and they just talk right into the microphone that exists on their computer. I personally like to have a microphone. I think the sound quality is really nice and I like to have Cody and his team produce the audio so that there's nothing so that the guest isn't louder than me or the other way around, um, that kind of stuff. And then there's all sorts of other things that go into podcasting. Lauren and Michael record with Podcast One, which is a studio. And um, we didn't talk about it on the episode, but I know that they have their opinions about working with a studio versus doing it on your own. And I think everybody just has really different opinions when it comes to podcasting and blogging and all that kind of stuff. So unfortunately, the conversation with Christina, who's my assistant for those of you who don't know, and if you want to hear more from Christina, you can listen to episode... Which episode is it? That Christina and Danica are featured on? I want to say episode 12 of my podcast. Um, with her and my previous intern, also one of my best friends, Danica. So the conversation we had isn't recorded, but that's fine. I won't ramble on and on about that because Christina can be back anytime and we'll have that conversation. But let's jump to Lauren and Michael. I'm so... Oh, wait. I have to stop for a second because it's 1.02 right now, p.m. And you guys know that my lucky number is 201. My just freakish lucky number that follows me everywhere and is just... Something that has shown up in my life for a long time. Today's February 1st, 201. I don't know what day it is when you guys are going to listen to this. <clears throat> I think it's going to be a week from today. But today, in reality, is 2- 201, and it's 10:2 pm. So I just had to stop because this is a lucky time. And of course, now that I'm actually like getting the equipment to work would be the time that I start talking about this. It would be the time that it's 201 on 201 or actually 102 on 201, but you know what I mean. So now it's 104 because I also had to pause this for a second because I got something stuck in my throat and didn't want to keep coughing while I talked to you. But let's jump into introducing Lauren and Michael. So if you don't know about Lauren and Michael Bostick, you should learn all about them. Lauren is the blogger, visionary, creative writer behind the Skinny Confidential. It is a lifestyle blog that has been around for probably like five five or six or seven years. Lauren's blog was literally the first blog that I ever read other than Chocolate Covered Katie food blog, but that's a little bit different. Lauren's blog was the first lifestyle blog that I ever read. And seeing a lifestyle blog like that was one, to, one of the inspirations for me to start a blog too because I realized you can blog and you can write all about the stuff that you love. And people are actually interested. You don't have to only share recipes or only share outfits or something like that. So Lauren has this crazy talented voice for being able to share herself authentically with her audience. Her branding is ridiculously on point. If you see a skinny confidential photo from 10 million miles away, you know that it was made by Lauren. She doesn't post quotes that don't look Lauren-ish. She doesn't post images that are not 100% her aesthetic. And I just appreciate that so much because her blog is beautiful and it's so authentic to who she is. And Michael, her husband, her new husband, but they have been dating since like sixth grade. And I absolutely love that story. He joined Lauren's business um, not a super long time ago. Michael is an entrepreneur. He does a lot of stuff on his own still too. but he. Started working with Lauren when Lauren, after she had jaw surgery and couldn't really be in front of a camera for months, she started putting Michael on her Snapchat all the time. He started loving it. Michael gained an audience of his own. And started Snapchatting and then they started their podcast pretty much a year ago. Although I was telling them it seems like feels to me like way more than a year because I've been following along really intently the whole time and they just have tons of content that they're always putting out and it's amazing. So I look up to both of them a lot for business advice, for branding advice. When I started the podcast, they were the first people that I talked to and asked for their tips on equipment and all that kind of stuff. So They're just really helpful. I really appreciate them because as successful as they are, which is massively successful, they are really humble and down to earth. And there is not a competitive bone in their body, at least when it comes to um, my experiences with them and especially like events that they host and everything. They're just totally not competitive, which I appreciate because you guys know how I feel about the blogging world sometimes being competitive and networky and fake and they couldn't be less like that. In fact, I want to have Lauren back on to discuss the fact that neither of us are networkers, which is funny in this crazy industry of blogging to to have reached the levels that we have without being like networky quote-unquote networky," which you guys know what I mean by that. It's basically like, oh my god, hey, here's my business card. I'm a blogger too. Oh my god, we can work together. Maybe I... Oh, maybe you can feature me. She's not like that at all. And I'm not like that at all. I would literally peel my skin off if I was like that because I cannot stand when people are like that. And that's a whole episode in itself. So I really appreciate that Lauren and Michael are happy to see other people succeeding in the field. They know that that is positive for everyone in the industry and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Um and really they're they're pioneers for podcasting and blogging and branding and I know that they know how how influential they are in the space although they're very humble and they would never let on, but they're so influential. Um Everyone knows the Skinny Confidential and the Him and Her podcast. And their Snapchats are literally like miniature reality shows. They know how to use the platforms. They're just smart. They both read a lot of books, business books, Um They're just incredible. And I really look up to them and having them on the podcast today is epic. So excited about it. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and introduce Lauren and Michael. And you guys can also check out their podcast, The Him and Her Podcast, to listen to the interview that we are going to record with me, which will... I think, be out by the time this comes out. And also by the time you guys listen to this, I'll be in Bora Bora, which is really exciting. So stay tuned on Instagram, Snapchat, all that good stuff to see all the behind the scenes of my Bora Bora trip. And let's dive into chatting with Lauren and Michael. We have Lauren and Michael here from The Skinny Confidential, him and her podcast, and so many other things. It's like how to even introduce you guys because you're just doing so much. You're bloggers, podcasters, speakers, business owners, the queen and king of branding a business, which is just completely the truth. So why don't we just hop in and have you guys introduce yourselves, kind of say what you do for people who might not know. I'm Lauren Everett, obviously creator of the Skinny Confidential.
1: You're all those things too, Jordan, by Thank the way. You. And I am with my husband, Michael. Michael does marketing and he also helps a lot with the business side of the Skinny Confidential. And we recently launched a podcast called The Skinny Confidential Him and Her on
0: iTunes. Not that recently.
2: It's been about it's almost a year. Yeah. yeah. It's almost a year. I think we I have. Know. I think in March it'll be one year, which is kind of crazy to think in about. In March, in March, I feel
0: like you guys have been doing it forever. I know it feels like, like it's that. the one podcast that I tune into every single week. Literally, Yay. I'm subscribed. I get the notification to my phone. I even feel like I know Taylor because of it.
2: Oh jeez, oh,
0: I, I feel like I've learned so much about you. Like the stories from the wedding, everything. Bear.
2: so yeah taylor's (laughs) taylor's here taylor works for me um he's like a jack of all trades i have a couple brick and mortar businesses and he's worked for me for five years and recently now he's kind of like our tech sound film i don't know he's a bunch of things stalker yeah stalker um he was
0: on christina's podcast christina's here too we have the whole crew here today
1: I listened to his podcast debut. He was loving it. He was going around the office. Um, Taylor likes to make an outfit change when I come into the office for Snapchat. So he goes from like homeless chic to like a whole new like face. He does his hair. He's got his beanie on hand. He has like a little cabinet in the bathroom with everything, all his
0: essentials. That is so funny. He knows Essentially, he,
2: he looks like trash all day and then Lauren shows up and he runs into the bathroom and does like a full wardrobe change. And so whenever she gets there and I can't find him, I'm just like, okay, he's... He's probably in the bathroom for the next 20, 30 minutes getting ready, which he should should do that in the morning. But, you know, he decides to do it only when Lauren comes in.
0: That is hysterical. He wants to look good for you, Lauren. Who doesn't? I mean, I was like, oh my God, Lauren Everts is coming to my house. Like you are just... No, (laughs) she's rolling her eyes at me. You're like, you have the best taste, both of you. Like I've seen so many snaps pictures of where you guys live, it is so cute and tasteful and on brand, as you would say, on brand and on point, which takes me. So we have a lot of questions to get through. So I'm just going to start rolling through because there's so much that I want to know from you guys and so much I think that'll be so helpful to the people who listen. So in terms of building a brand, the Skinny Confidential is just so completely... It just you have such an aesthetic. Like I could see a skinny confidential photo from anywhere and basically be like, oh my gosh, that I recognize that because it's I feel like you. I can give you the same compliment though. Also. Well, thank you. So, I, try, I try. But you, so what you, are you your... You do a,
1: what an amazing job.
0: Thank you. So what are your tips for building a brand? Like branding specifically. My tips are really, really... And, and
1: you've done such a good job of this as well. Just being yourself and if If you cuss, cuss, if you if I love when I read someone's blog and I can feel them talking to me through the screen. I told you when I read your book, the whole book, I felt like I was having a conversation with you. I think that's one of the most powerful things for a brand in a blog. And then also have that voice and that personality come through your pictures, your Snapchat, your podcast, all different mediums. Um, and when you take each medium and you really make sure that your brand and personality is coming through each one, a lot of cool things happen.
2: That's do you, true. Do you, I feel like he's about to grab the mic from What do
1: you think, Michael?
2: No, I think, with, I think with brand, you know, like obviously there's, everyone thinks, oh, the logo, and the logo should obviously be recognized anywhere. But I think brand is supposed to invoke feeling and it's supposed to invoke familiarity. And so whether you're on a Snapchat or a Facebook or an Instagram or in print or digital or whether you're on television, brand is able to translate through any of those mediums. And so if you do a good job branding, you should be able to see your stuff or Lauren's stuff and say, Ah, that's Jordan or that's Lauren. And it should be recognizable. And so I think when you're building a brand, it's important to keep that in mind. And it's important to you know, make sure that you're true to your brand and make sure that that message translates to every medium and every channel. And I think that's the difference between branding and sales.
0: Yeah. Those are two. Those are super helpful answers. It's true because I think people get confused between building a brand as a business, but it's also a blog. So it's your personality. It's not supposed to be... Like people say to me, what should I title my blog and what should it look like? I'm like, I don't know. Who are you? Like, what do you like? What What kind of... What's your style? Because you can infuse all of that. And I think people who do that well have a blog that people, they feel like they get to know you. And Christina and I were talking about this a little while ago because there's some websites that are awesome, but you don't feel like you necessarily get to know the person behind it. So I think you guys do such a good job of sharing yourselves and people 1000% feel like they know you between the podcast and I don't think I've ever seen two people use Snapchat better than the two of you. So- We have fun. It's fun, isn't it? We love it? to laugh. Yeah. Oh, we have so much. It's like producing your own reality show. And
1: it's yeah, like, it is. It's, it's like a behind the scenes. I think that th- there's two other important things that as you're talking that I'm thinking are really important. And you do this as well. I want people to leave the Skinny Confidential um, feeling something with, with an experience that they can take away from the Skinny Confidential. And that feeling is kind of like, be you be be who you are like don't be me don't be anyone else just be who you are and be the best version of it and i want them to feel inspired and i think i think when you have a brand or a blog you need to kind of zone in on what you want that person to feel
0: when they walk away from it i think that's really really important yeah that's true well that's that's such good advice because it always keeps it it's kind of like teaching yoga which is something that i've recently started doing And I think the best teachers, they focus on the student. It's all about the student's experience. What can they gain from this? Instead of being a teacher who's like terrified, what's everybody thinking about me? Am I a good teacher? What do I want to share? It's more like, what is the student going to gain? And so for a blog, kind of like you just said, it's about the reader's experience. And I think sometimes that gets lost in translation because people just want to create this blog that, that they're excited about. But you have to think about the people who are on the other side of it. So, absolutely. Absolutely. I also think
1: it's important to have the audience dictate where you're going as opposed to like just because I want to blog about, you know, say health and fitness all day long. If they want, if they have questions about skincare, like I think it's important to listen to that. So, another big tip I have for all bloggers out there is to really be in constant contact with your audience. Like, My audience is number one of my day. It's it's not emails. It's not blog posts. It's not writing. It's not... um, It's actually not even growing the brand. What the main thing is, is the audience. Because that's the platform. So to listen to them and to talk with them and to see what they're screenshotting on Snapchat. I don't look at Google Analytics at all. Um, Thank you, know. you for saying
0: that. I get so offended when people ask for my Google Analytics because it just, it doesn't define anything. Like, ugh, don't even get me started on Google Analytics. Yeah, for sure.
2: I think, you know, also with personal branding, for, for me, I think the, the, the difficulty is people get in their own way because for me it's i don't want to say it's easy but it's it's comes off kind of effortless because i don't go outside of anything but myself so it's easy for me to speak on like okay i'm doing this cuz it's what i'm doing on a daily basis or you know i'm working on this project cuz i'm actually working on it i think people get in their own way and they make mistakes when they try to mimic or try to um act like they're doing something that they're not or mimic what somebody else is doing and i think when you're personally branding yourself, there's a lot of, you know, you see somebody over here that's got a big following or has a big blog and you're like, shoot, I should probably be doing that. Mm-hmm. But what happens is it's, it's impossible to do that because it's not you. And so it comes off as inauthentic. The consumers or the readers smell the bullshit. Is that okay to cuss on this show? Yes. Completely. And then, um, so you, you kind of get in your own way. And I think also to... A uh, second thing, you know, to touch on what Lauren's saying about letting the audience dictate where you go. I get messages all the time like, hey... How do you what do you invest like how do you invest in the stocks? I don't invest in stocks. And I literally just say, I don't know. And I respond that way. I think that the problem is now with society, everyone has to be an expert on everything. And so what I try to do to take a line from Lawrence, I try to stay in my own lane and focus on things that I'm doing on a daily basis that I have done in the past. Um I try not to speak on things that are outside my expertise or outside my wheelhouse. And I think, you know, with blogging and branding, with everybody doing this personal thing, everybody thinks they need to be an expert on everything. And you really don't. You can niche it down and just talk about your life, what you're doing, your experiences. And I think if you do that, there's going to be a demographic on the internet, online, and social media that uh, identifies with it. So,
0: yeah, that's true. And I think people. They come to expect certain things from you if they're really getting to know who you actually are authentically. And you can start sharing the same, it's like the same stuff and it doesn't get repetitive because it's just who you are. So for me, it's like every single day I share a bulletproof coffee recipe and every single day more people ask me for that recipe. And it's like, it's out there, it's all over the internet, it's on my blog, it's on my Snapchat, it's on my Instagram, it's on my Instagram story. But it's part of who I am. I legitimately drink it every morning and people... I um,
1: actually brought Bulletproof coffee because I knew it was going to your house.
0: Oh my God, I love <laughs> that. Drinking. I love that. See, I love like when you think of a brand and you just think of like, oh, Jordan loves that or... Collagen I, I think of for you. Yes, totally. And
1: your journey. Your your journey that you've put out there was so authentic. It's definitely probably one of the most authentic um, journeys I've seen as a blogger.
0: You've, you've went from this to this transition in front of everyone. I mean, that was incredible. Yeah. No, that was big. And I think that's definitely something that people think of when they think of the balanced blonde. And sometimes, because it's been like three years now, people don't even know about that. And I'm like, whoa, you have a lot to learn. But I mean, it's no, it's great in a good way because I I didn't want the orthorexia stuff to be so defining because it's kind of talk about like niching yourself. Like it's it's really is, but it's also it's an important thing to talk about. And um I'm glad that people of the journey when they think of me. There's so many things that make me think of you guys, like cupping, for example. Every oh, time God. I even see like the cupping lines on someone's back, I'm like, oh, it's getting confidential. I know all about it.
1: Oh, I want to be
0: cupped so bad. I know, That's I do so too. Disgusting. Mint I'm like, tea, oh, I'm dying to be Uh the one and only <laughs> in Cabo. I know, so right? Me too. But no, so many things make me think of you guys. Even travel, like you guys have been to so many incredible places, and you share the behind the scenes of travel so well, like. I lived in Italy for a while, but I think of you guys when I think of it now because I'm like, oh yeah, all those awesome things they did like behind the scenes when they were in Italy. And I think it's so cool that you're able to really share, like you said, without putting too much thought into it. It's it's pretty obvious when people are just sharing because it's fun for them versus like, oh God, I have to Snapchat this. This is important. I should be sharing this with my audience versus just kind of like a fun little reality show because it's... Fun to share that kind of stuff.
1: Along. I, I mean, I, I think that there's a lot of bloggers out there that show these fabulous vacations and there's like this facade, but you don't really see any personality to the vacation. So instead of saying, here's what I'm doing, this is what I'm eating, this is where I'm going, I I I say, okay, this is what we're doing, but we want you guys to come along with us and and make it more about them as opposed to me, 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 me. Because yeah. how long is that sustainable? I mean, Personally, I I can only look at photos of myself for so long. I'm like, it's it's already, I, I gotta like have more. There has to be, it has to be way bigger than me. Um, and I think you're the same way with your community
0: too. Like, it has to be more than just I I I I I. Oh, completely. It's super important. So you guys have started working together and. I want to know a little bit more about what that transition was like, because when I started reading your blog back a long time ago, like one of the first blogs I ever, ever, ever read, especially the first lifestyle blog, for sure. I knew about Michael. He was your boyfriend at the time, but you were totally doing your own thing. You weren't really involved. And then over time, you became more and more involved. And now you guys are like, Doing everything together, and I think that's fascinating for all of us couples um, in the world. I'll jump like, in. yeah, we know please know. do.
2: Well, because <laughs> no one's concerned. So, about- yeah, I I had my own businesses, my own things. Was the Skinny Confidential is still to this day Lauren's thing, mm-hmm. and um, but you know, I've been with her throughout the whole process, the whole journey, and you know, I was there in the beginning when she decided to do it. And I always tell people like, I don't want to say I was an advisor because it makes me sound like I'm uh, like above and it was more an equal. I was kind of like a contemporary, right? Someone she could just say like, I'm thinking about doing this and what do you think? And so I've been there throughout the whole process, just kind of giving her advice when I thought it was applicable or, you know, be, you know, offering her help when I could. But it's very much been her thing. And then um, I was doing my thing. And then a few, about almost a year and a half, is it a year and a half? Two years yeah, you ago. Know mm-hmm. you know I got jaw surgery. mm Yeah. So she got jaw surgery, and she had to have her whole jaw realigned. I like very
1: soon
0: after. Yeah, I saw you when you were still swollen and in pain. That was You guys not were that in
2: Seattle, right? Yeah, you yeah, were there too. I remember that. that yeah, that so was not... So during cool. that time, she decided to start Snapchatting my every move because she couldn't because her face was swollen like a pumpkin, <laughs> which I always say. Um, And so she couldn't use it, which is difficult in your guys' profession, obviously, because you're using your face all the time. And so she started filming me in compromising positions and panicking at the airport (laughs) and just... Just living your truth. Just living my... Yeah, my truth, (laughs) unfortunately. And um, so from there, you know, I kind of developed a little bit of like a liking to it. And I like Snapchat. And um, we started getting snap messages and I, was, I, I had a really good feeling being able to you know, kind of give advice or give some points or help some people that had specific questions on branding or running a business. And so I said, hey, we should start a podcast together because I, like, these questions are coming in. And instead of just talking one-on-one to somebody, it'd be awesome to reach a bigger audience. So we started that and that's where we are today.
1: And I think podcasting, you and I were just talking for a second when we were walking up, podcasting is, is kind of what's happening. People really want to see personalities behind the brand and the blog. Um, live streaming, getting out there, putting yourself out there. It's not just about the picture of your coffee, you know, mm-hmm. on a pretty table anymore. You got to have more. What What else? It's got to be more. Again, it's got to be bigger than you. So I think podcasting is amazing. Don't
0: you have fun with it? Oh my God. It's the most fun thing in the whole entire world. Yeah. Christina laughs because I was like not into podcasts at all until I pretty much, well, I listened to yours and I listened to hers, but I didn't know much about the world of podcasts, and then I started this podcast, and it blows my mind the amount of people who want to listen to podcasts who enjoy just hearing any type of topic like of course they want to learn about stuff, but it's like that reality show mentality you just kind of hear people chat and a lot of the podcasts that you guys do it 's just your family and your friends and and the two of you, and you could talk about anything, and I think people would tune in because. It's the personality thing people want to get to know the personality behind a brand
2: the coolest thing about podcasts as well like you know, don't worry about branding or monetizing or anything is you get to interact and have really interesting conversations with all sorts of people that you may not get to meet or have these conversations with if you didn't have the platform like we've interviewed some authors now that I really like we're doing this one, you know we have some other people coming on and I don't think that I think without the podcast, you wouldn't get that access. So even just as like a fun experiment or something fun to do is getting access to certain people, it's it's worth it to me. Yeah.
1: I also think, and don't you feel like this, that it's really helped with um my social skills. I think it's helped with speaking in public. I think it's helped. It's made me practice. And I always say like anything that's ever happened that's good in my life has come with a lot of struggle and getting really uncomfortable before I become comfortable. And podcasting isn't something you just hop into. I don't care how big your personality is, and you're the best, right? It's practice every like week. rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. So podcasting for me has been um it's kind of opened the store. I'm not like the biggest networker that's not that's not my favorite thing to do. So this has kind of forced me to network in a different way I've got to talk to lots of different people, and it's forced me to really hone in on those social skills and
0: speaking. So I love yeah, it. Me too.
2: And But you... I just thought back. You asked us about what it's like working together.
0: Yeah. That that part of the and, question um, is also fascinating. Yeah. I'll
2: say this. Podcasting in a weird way, I think has actually helped us communicate with each other. Because when you podcast... when we, Like when you first started, if you go back and listen to early episodes, people are just talking over each other. There's interruptions. Where there's confusion. So with this, you really kind of learn to stop and listen and absorb what the other person's saying. So I think for us, it's been good. But... There's definitely like Taylor over there could probably write a book longer than Game of Thrones about the fights and arguments that have occurred along the way.
1: Oh yeah, there's definitely fights and arguments. It's not. Someone wrote me a comment. I said it on Snapchat. night, like, "You and Michael are so perfect." I'm like, "Okay, we need someone to like be filming when we're like, <laughs> yeah, pointing I mean, to the film crew." <laughs> people would be like, blown away. It's it's that, but that's the whole rinse and repeat practice mm-hmm. thing. A relationship is practice. It is, of any relationship I've ever been in is not easy. It's not easy. You don't roll out of bed and it's, you know, shits and giggles. Like there's, it's a lot of work. So I think that, that totally pulls my point through, which is relationship, podcast, blog, whatever it is, it's work.
0: Yeah. No, it is. It's a lot of work. And it's true. I think everything you're saying about podcasting, it really does force you to listen so much. And I always talk about this because I'm always trying to multitask. I think You're like that too. Maybe both of you, we're always like running late and doing this and doing that because we're trying to fill it up, just fit everything in because there's so many opportunities and so just so much. So when I podcast, it's like the one and only time where I'm not on my phone. I'm not trying to send the email in the background or a text. Like I'm actually just in conversation with people who, yeah, I probably wouldn't be having this conversation with otherwise. So it's just so cool. Yeah, it's, you're able to engage
1: and, and the listening muscle really is a muscle. You have to work it and work it and work it. And there's like really no kind of magic like pill. It's, it's hard work. Yeah. Um, and, and the listening muscle, it's hard work too to sit down without a phone in this day and age and actually listen and have a real conversation. It's not
0: an everyday thing, let's face it. No, oh, not at all. And it has helped with my speaking skills. I used to get nervous even just looking at a microphone because a microphone is a freaky thing. It's like enhancing your voice and people are listening. And I think with the practice, I mean, I, this is, I've had like 16 or 17 episodes. You guys have had what? How many? A lot. I
2: think, no, no, I think we're <laughs> yeah. like I think we're almost to because I know in March we'll get to fifty two. So, so yeah, probably like getting, forty eight, forty Think seven.
0: of all the practice of just talking into a microphone and being mindful of the fact that people are listening and learning from you. It makes you more articulate. It makes you kind of more focused on like what do you actually want to share versus just rambling.
2: No, it's funny. You know, I'm similar to you probably in the sense that when I used to look at a microphone, I used to actually, Lauren doesn't, I think I've kind of told this, but she doesn't get it. I used to look at a microphone or think about speaking in front of people and be petrified. Be like, I can do a lot of things. I'm not scared of confrontation. I'm not scared of failure. I'm not scared. But speaking in front of people used to scare the hell out of me. And um, it's it's weird. I've talked about this in the past. I think in a weird way, Snapchat and podcasting have made me immune to it. Last night, um, for the first time outside of like, my own organizations or companies or just like private things. We spoke in front of what, like 150 people. Um, <laughs> and it was actually the first, time, the first time I ever did it. And the weirdest thing, you'd think that I would be really nervous. I wasn't nervous at all. It was just like a conversation I'm having right now. I don't think that if I didn't do podcasting and Snapchat, and as weird as that sounds, that I would have been able to do it. Like it was, It's just something I never thought about doing my entire life. And now like, here we are.
0: I agree. I think it doesn't sound weird to me at all that you reference Snapchat because I'm the same way. Like I used to, even when I first started Snapchatting or with the Instagram stories, because those were like so new to me, it felt weird to just talk into it and think like, oh God, I'm I'm going to have to refilm that. Well, I'm so much more comfortable now because you just do it every day. And Like my first podcast episode, I re-recorded over my voice almost every single word that I said when I re-listened to it because I was like being so picky and like, oh my God, what kind of noise was I making? And now I don't do that at all because you just, you get more comfortable and just like less hard on yourself, but also you just get more practice.
1: Yeah. And at the end of the day, you are who you are and and not everyone's going to like you. Right. Yeah. That's been really hard for me to, to come to the realization, but I came to it about a year ago after... The, being in this industry for like five years, not everyone's going to like me. I'm not for everyone. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you understand that too. So, I mean, you know, I say the word, like maybe sometimes I mispronounce words. Like it, it, it is what it is. This is like, it, it's very real life.
0: Yeah. Cause you're sharing your real life with people. That's what I always say. If you're going to open up your life and share it with people, you're, you have to be open to the criticism. It comes. It comes so much. And you know that. I feel like
1: Michael. She was like attacked online no, when I she. When you were telling me when it horrific I mean, death threat. I actually remember where I was when you made the announcement that you were transitioning into a non-vegan where lifestyle. Where were you? I was in New York, and I was—I I think I was like getting my nails done, and I was like reading through everything, and it was—I don't even think we were—we had like connected yet. You
2: know what's funny? I remember. It was really,
1: really awful.
2: Um, yeah. But
1: as much criticism as you got, you got so much support.
0: For sure. Well, because it always balances it out. There's always going to be the positivity with the negativity. And I think you just develop a thicker skin. I'm so glad to have developed that because now when people say something negative about the podcast or this or that, I'm like, this is literally nothing compared to what I've already been through. So just, yeah, you're not for everybody. Yeah, you were set up. Like you Yeah, the of it. Like, exactly.
2: I think you know when it comes to criticism so like that, criti- that it's never bothered me and it's not because oh like i'm so confident it has nothing to do with that i think in a when you're being criticized you have to deploy empathy on the person that's um doing the criticizing and you have to like i try to always look at it not from a sympathetic standpoint but from an empathetic standpoint when i say okay why is this person feel the need to say this like what kind of state of mind are they in that they need to be this negative like what's going on in their life that makes them feel this upset and when you when you look at it like that it's hard to be upset about criticism because for me to take the time out of your day to go and criticize somebody it's not going to change like if somebody criticizes me that doesn't affect me in any way right it's like okay that sucks that you said that but i'm going to keep doing me but if you're sitting there and you're you're complaining and you're whining and you're criticizing people all that's doing is holding you back when i say you i'm saying the people who are doing the criticizing it doesn't it doesn't stop the other person. It doesn't change anything. It only It's not productive in any way. It only hinders the person doing the criticizing. So I think when you deploy empathy and you look at it from that standpoint, it's difficult to get upset about criticism.
0: Yeah. It's always about the other person. People always ask me, like, how do you deal with all that criticism? And the one thing I learned, and it was hard to learn and to come to, was that it's not about me. It's about them. Like, clearly, they're insecure and unhappy. And unfortunately, I'm the target right now. But... They're always going to have a target. hundred percent. I
1: was reading this book, The War of Art, and, and there's a chapter on it that says that criticism comes when, you're, when you find yourself criticizing people. And we all do it. But when you really find yourself criticizing people, take a second. A lot of the reason people criticize is because they are not living their true self and they're seeing someone live their authentic life. And that
0: turns it around on them and makes them deflect. And it's true. Yeah. No, 150%. It's almost, if you look at it that way, it's almost like taking it as a compliment. Like, thank you for seeing me live my true self because I'm being authentic to myself and clearly that upsets you. So, 100%.
1: And I feel like social media like really um, allows you to do you which I love about it. Like you know, there's so much negativity about social media, but like if I really sat down and and thought what social media has done for me as a person, is it's really allowed me to just be who I am.
0: And again, not everyone's going to like it. Yeah, absolutely. So where do you guys? I'm curious to hear where do you where do you see the industry going because I think you both probably have a really unique perspective as far as all of that. I mean, you use Snapchat very well. You have the podcast. You have your blog. You guys have a lot going on. So, where do you see it going? I see it as as you have to be on the pulse of it
1: every second of every day, and and I am more interested in just riding that pulse as it comes, as opposed to thinking, oh, Snapchat's going to be out in a year. So, what I'll do is like right now, Snapchat is really working for me. Might not be working for everyone else. Maybe Instagram Story is working. But I am going to ride the pulse of whatever's working now, but I'm also not going to be afraid to evolve and change the second I get thrown a curveball. Live streaming is not something I've like, done a lot. I've done it a couple times. I think 2017 for me, live streaming is going to be kind of an extension of Snapchat. So it's, it's, it's incredibly important for me to pay attention to that. I think that everyone's different, but, but the biggest mistake that I see is when people are unwilling to evolve. You have to evolve in this industry is not, it's going to leave you behind if you don't. The quality constantly needs to go up or the rawness needs to go up. Like categories are always, everyone's always kind of um, upping the ante. So you have to be on it. And that's exhausting. I mean, you and I have had conversations about it. It is exhausting, but it's part of the business we're in. Yeah, it
2: is. I think it. I think it always comes down to consumer attention and where audiences and where people are spending their time. You know, two and a half years ago, Snapchat. There was no attention. I mean, I think the the only way we knew about Snapchat was some of our younger siblings were using it to send like we should have listened. We should have listened. They were sending like you know in class messages or whatever. But I think where people make a mistake, and this doesn't just go for this industry, but any business, is they get really romantic about the way they've done things in the past. We were just speaking with them. A couple that we know that's um, working and trying to evolve in their industry, and they're just, you know, half the conversation was like, "Well, this is how we've done it for so long. This is what we keep doing." And like, da 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 da, they go on and on. I'm like, "Listen, the world doesn't care the way you used to do things. The world is the way it is. You have to evolve with it. You have to evolve with attention. You have to evolve where the consumer goes." And so, when you when you say like, "Where do we see this industry going?" I think for now live video and you know behind the scenes, documenting seems to be pretty big. But next year, it could be something completely different. And I think as long as you're a practitioner and you're willing to evolve and change as things evolve and change, you're fine. It's the people that are unwilling to do things in a different way. Maybe you've been blogging a certain way for four or five years. If people aren't consuming that content that way anymore, then you have to figure a way to switch it up. You can't get romantic. You can't get stuck. You just got to keep moving.
0: Yeah. 100%. I think the most stagnant my brand ever got was when I was just trying to do things the same and thinking, why isn't it growing? I'm blogging every day. Instagram's going great. But then like I started making some changes, started the podcast, went out of my comfort zone and things kind of got revved up again. I love how you were incorporating yoga. Like I'm really
1: into that, that, that you're the way that you're weaving that story in because you know why? You're documenting. Yes. You're not creating curated content, which is totally fine. I'm a big believer in curated content, but there's a platform for that. And what I like about your Instagram is like, you. I feel like I could tell you your yoga journey through your Instagram. And that's because you're documenting.
0: Totally. Yeah, it's been a process. And it's been, I've just been so open about like diving back into that and starting to teach. And it feels so nice to share something that's actually going on instead of like, let's sit around and blog today about... This recipe, or it's that just gets old. Yeah. So, yeah. and just, once,
1: once you have it in the archives of the blog, you know, well, yeah,
0: and it's always there, it's
1: there, and it's like, exactly. you, you know, you can only make spaghetti squash 8 million times. Yeah, like it's like we gotta, we gotta talk about something more than spaghetti squash <laughs> for sure.
0: <laughs> I completely agree. So, I know you guys have to leave soon, so I'll leave you with the question that I ask everybody who comes on the podcast because this is the Soul on Fire podcast. What would be your top tip for people who are looking to set their souls on fire?
2: I think you know the biggest thing is like people say oh you got to find your passion you got to find like what drives you i think that's part of it but i also think you have to figure out things that you are you have to focus on your strengths and so you know my passion like some you know i like i like fashion i like clothing but i'm not going to get out there and design these things so for me i know it's 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 not going to feed into my strengths i'm more analytical i'm more you know i'm into sales i'm not so on the I'm creative and design side so I think while passion's good, you have to be able to execute on your strengths. I think where people run into trouble is they're constantly trying to improve things that they're weak on, um, instead of focusing on really like what they're good at and on their strengths. So for me, every day I you know I, I'm aware of my weaknesses and I'm aware of my faults, but I really on a daily basis try to pr- improve things that um, are my strengths. And so if I w- if I could give the advi- advice to anybody, I'd say yeah, passion's one thing, but focus on your strengths. And it could be, you know, that could be weird. It could be something that's not, you know, a typical strength for other people. But if you focus on that and you really say, okay, this is what I'm about and go all in on that, I guarantee you'll have some success.
1: Mine would be very simple and that's just do you. Do you and whatever that is, because the internet is such a huge place. You're dealing with the world. That's the way you stand out is to do you. And, you know, business-wise, your passions don't work unless you do. You know, you have to work and put in the hours and put in the time, and maybe skip out on a Friday night birthday party of getting drunk. It's constant discipline, and if I if I can give anyone out there that has a blog or a brand or anything really, it's it's habit. It's every day setting that time aside and just really, really chipping away. It's, it's nothing happens overnight. Like I said, you have to get uncomfortable to be comfortable, and if you're doing you in the process, it's it's fine.
0: Definitely. Oh, it's so good because I think people, there's just, such this thought of like, if someone else is doing well, I should do it like them. And it's clearly by both of your advice and just from all of our own experience, that's just not true. Like I could have said that back when I was vegan, like I have to keep doing what all the vegan YouTubers are doing. And where would I be? I would be in a very different place. You are a really a good example of someone that's done you.
1: Like you've done you on your own terms. If we wanted another example, we could talk about Taylor. Who's carved out his own niche on the internet by being known as the Bare Naked Cucumber. But I feel like that's a whole nother
0: podcast. It is. We'll have to have you guys back because there's so much to talk about. And I get to see Lauren and Michael again today. We're going on their podcast. So where can everybody find you? They can find
1: us at Instagram, at The Skinny Confidential and at Michael Bostic. And of course on Snapchat at Lauren Everett's and at Michael Bostic, at Michael Bostic, at Michael Bostic. (laughs) He he likes a shameless plug. And
0: then on our podcast on
1: iTunes. Check it out.
0: Yeah, you guys have to check it out. They're amazing. We'll definitely have them back. And we'll see you guys later today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, Thank thanks you. for being here.